creation, dedication, hard work, plus patience. To some more of my sacrifice, I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting. Told you that I wasn't playing. Now you hear what I've been saying. Dedication. Welcome everyone to the debut episode of Fumble Ruski. It's your boy KP. Alongside my co-host, Big Facts, B. Reed himself of the Two Smart Dummies. B. Reed, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Big Facts, a name that was actually coined and termed by you. So, <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man, I can't help it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a fan of the show, man. I'm a fan. I don't know how many facts I'll be speaking. <laughs> well, hey, we are here on a Saturday night, ready to go for some good old-fashioned shit-talking about football while Corona Mania's out here running wild, brother. Yeah, man. And, you know, the league year is due to start on, I believe it's Monday, right? No, no, next yeah. Wednesday. You got the uh, um, the basic legal tampering that starts on Monday at around noon, which I think is the dumbest thing ever. But, yeah, we're we about to start the NFL season, so perfect time to get a podcast out. Yeah, man. Well, hey, we got a lot to talk about tonight, man, uh, around the new CBA around some of the uh, moves that we may see in free agency. And then, of course, the million-dollar question, where will Tom Brady be in 2020? So let's just go ahead and kick it off talking about the new CBA. So a lot of things are on the table with the new deal. So you have primarily 1% of <laughs> the players' union who hates it. Yeah. The other 99 could go either way. The latest. Uh, some of the things on Some of the things on the table are an expanded season to 17 games, expanded playoff slotting from 12 to 14 teams, and then a few other things uh, also as well. So where do you see this whole thing going? I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that this thing doesn't get passed just because of the increase of the minimum wage, um, the ability to generate more revenue by the increased games. This will benefit the lower tiers, like you said, the 99% of the league, this will benefit the teams that it may not turn. I mean, the players that it may not benefit will be the elite, like the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilson, the people that already get the 80 to 90 million guaranteed money. If you don't have those contracts, those extra games are valuable for you to prove yourself. A lot of bums play in games 16, 15, 17. You know, those games are a lot where players can show their values to teams. And with the increase of the minimum wage, I think they're increasing it by 100000 Um, I, I think this gets passed, man. Yeah, to your point, you know, that 1%, they're really just bulldogging the, the heck out of this thing, man. You know, J.J. Watt said, I'm not going to sign it. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not going to sign it. Russell Wilson, the list goes on and on and on. And, you know, as we were talking about earlier, just amongst friends, it seems like a lot of greed coming from that end. But what a lot of people don't take into consideration, the owners feel like they're giving too much away. They feel like they're being took, for instance, and then the players feel like they're took. So it's almost a stalemate. Well, I don't know if it's a stalemate because, as we've seen in the past, the owners have all the power. I mean, the players can say whatever they want. <laughs> At the end of the day, the the players aren't usually together on this issue, especially when you come to the top half and the bottom half, because they don't see the they don't see it the same way. A lot of these players that are not the Aaron Rodgers and the Russell Wilsons and the J.J. Watts, they can't afford to sit out three, four months of the season and not have a paycheck coming in. So they are usually the ones that break and put the pressure on the player union to break. I don't see how this vote get passed. This is a 10-year deal. You know what I mean? This will guarantee payment. Now, it's never good to sign a 10-year deal, but as weak as the NFL player union is, I mean, what else can they do? They've never shown that they can be strong enough to get any of their terms. And if the owners feel like they're losing on it, then you probably need to take this deal because if you don't take this deal – and you have to start negotiating. The players are going to be on the short end of the stick. And then I think another area of contention is the revenue sharing of the deal. So I think what the players only get 47, 48%. I think it's 47 now. Yeah. But if this thing is passed, it will move to 48%. In the top four sports leagues, so you got the NBA, MLB, NHL, and the NFL, the NFL has the lowest revenue split players versus owners. They have the weakest player union. <laughs> True. I mean, that's what you get when you have a weak players union. Uh, this, that's kind of my point about this CBA is in 2011, they tried this and they lost 
tragically you know what i mean that's why they're in this situation now is from the point of what they tried to do earlier and they lost and you you lost on revenue you lost on every point of contention i think the only thing they were able to do was to flip who gets the money whether it's the incoming quarterbacks or the quarterbacks that's uh outside of it so I mean, I think, you know, the young quarterbacks get less money. We saw a lot of the rookie quarterbacks coming in, making 30, 40, 50 million a year without proving themselves. Now you kind of flip that. But even that, even that, I think, is a loss for quarterbacks. Yeah, that's what we call the uh, Sam Bradford era. He was yeah. the last one to really get paid under that. And then everybody else, he, des- he deserved every, every penny of that $120 billion he got for nothing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the weird sound that just came from my mouth was supposed to be an airplane crashing. It didn't really go that well. It sounded like Howard Dean circa 2004, but <laughs> I digress. It doesn't matter. So, you know, with everything being held up right now, you know, as fans, we are really, really dependent on the CBA getting passed because I know I'm a huge football fan. I know that you're a huge football fan. We do not want to see a work stoppage because if you think life is miserable now with Corona Mania being Hulk Hogan circa 1987 out here running wild, <laughs> it's really going to get worse if there's an NFL lockout. Yeah, but I mean, this might be the perfect time for it. Um, this is just an extension, right? It wouldn't lock out this season. I think it'll lock out next year. Is that right? Yeah, so it will expire in 20. So at the end of this season, yeah. so the 2021 season, they would either. Sh- lockout strike whatever but so we're good to go unless the whole thing that we're dealing with now extends into you know september september october where you know either the nfl is going to play games with no fans or whatever but i you know i digress i don't know yeah the nfl the nfl players just missed the mark again by one year this would be the perfect time to strike or to have a lockout during the corona (laughs) because they you know what I'm saying? That there's a lot of stuff going on with the coronavirus where they can't really meet and negotiate stuff like that. So you could have a like two, three month lockout and try to see if you can get your terms before signing the CBA. But just their luck, they still got another year. <laughs> so they would have to sign the extension now or wait to the end of the season, man. I just I just don't know, man. If they had a stronger players union, I would say that this deal does not favor them just because they don't want to add a game. The owners wanted 18 games, so they get 17 in this CBA. You get an extra playoff game. You don't get two buys in a playoff. Only one team gets a buy. That's how the owners are kind of swapping that 18th game by putting it as a playoff game as opposed to a regular season game. As I said, even that playoff game only affects that only can potentially affect 16 teams in the league because there's only 16 teams teams that make it every one of these teams aren't going to make it you get increased you get an increase of the minimum salaries from five hundred thousand to six hundred thousand that's going to have that bottom tier of players voting for the terms i believe i don't know how much better you can get than that you know what i'm saying they're offering a little bit more revenue if they turn this deal down the the owners have already said that they feel like they're giving too much in this deal there's a lot of owners that are hoping the players turn it down just so they can offer these players less and if they turn this deal down then i believe that they're going to get an 18 game season in which the owners really want i don't know if the playoff game will be increased but they already put it on the table they usually don't take stuff back (laughs) so you could be looking at an increase of three games and a four week preseason if you don't accept this deal, because like I said, they have a weak player union. I don't know how they get what they want. Man, it's the classic battle of thousandaires versus millionaires <laughs> versus billionaires. I don't know if it'll ever end. Now the difference really is gets passed for those for those other guys. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no. Um, the difference is, unlike in America, the thousandaires probably have more votes. <laughs> Their votes are more impactful than the the millionaires or the guaranteed millionaires. There's going to be more people that want this deal because they don't want a stoppage, I believe, than than um, players that are talking against it. It's cool that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and all these players say that, but how much pull do they actually have with the players union? Now, it was interesting that they extended the dates from Thursday to today, actually, at midnight. So it'll be interesting to see how that vote goes. Yep, so we got a little bit under three hours Eastern Standard Time, man, and we will find out what happens. I'm sure that'll be the broadest talking point on ESPN for the next week since nothing else is going on right now. Got to feel that time. So moving on. (laughs) 
Moving on, man, we get to talk about my favorite part of the show, which might annoy some, but I'm probably the last Dallas Cowboys fan (laughs) on earth, but I'm a realist, so we're going to go into it with an open mind, but the Dallas Cowboys offseason priorities. Now, if you're a big fan of sports, which I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you are. Hopefully. I love some Undisputed, man, and even though I love the Dallas Cowboys, they talk about them every day. Sometimes I get a little burnt out, (laughs) so we're going to briefly touch on what's going on with the Cowboys, off-season priorities, moves they're going to make in free agency. B. Reed, got to ask, you're the man with all the facts, so I'm leaning on you right here. What do the Cowboys do? What's going to happen? Oh, man, I, I, I've i always said that you got to sign Dak. I think that's a, that's a no-brainer. I'm surprised they're letting Byron Jones go. I mean, I... I like Byron. I'm an Eagles fan. I hate the Cowboys, but I'm a fan of Byron Jones. I'm still mad that the Cowboys took Byron Jones because I wanted Byron Jones for the Eagles. I mean, I think he's a really solid cornerback, plays good on the outside, plays good on the inside. He can match up well against tight ends. He came out as a cornerback safety where he could play, you know, that – because, you know, the most dangerous position in football right now is those tight ends that, that look like wide receivers. I mean, the Eagles have two of them. So I, I really like Byron Jones, but I don't know. It's it's a thing, a trend in the NBA, in, in the NFL. When you play these cornerbacks, sixteen, seventeen million a year, they typically don't live up to their value. You got to sign Dak. I don't know about Amari Cooper, and I don't know about um, Byron Jones. I don't know what the Cowboys do with those two contracts because if you keep those two players, you're I think you're going to overpay for both because I don't think either one of them will live up to the contract that you would have to give them. Not at all. I mean, being looking at this from the fan perspective, I used to dump on Byron Jones a lot, and I'm starting good, to kind though. of regret that. He's very good, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think that it was Byron Jones. I think it was the Cowboys system overall because, let's be honest, uh, like Chris Richard, I felt should have been the defensive coordinator from day one. I mean, he's one of the primary architects of uh, the Legion of Boom, the famed Seattle secondary, which you can argue has three future Hall of Famers in it or had three future Hall of Famers in it. I think if you were given the full reins in Dallas, you would see the potential of a Byron Jones or a Cheetah Awuzie or an Xavier Woods or a Jeff Heath. So I think if he would have gotten more time to put his fingerprints on this, you could have really saw Byron Jones, the Byron Jones that the Cowboys saw when he was at UConn that became a first-round draft pick. So... As a fan, I used to dump on Byron Jones mercilessly. Uh, I <laughs> kind of regret that now because it looks like he's going to be testing the waters in free agency. But from my perspective, I really think Dak, they should have signed Dak Prescott last year before the market got reset with Carson Wentz, Jerry Goff, and all the big uh, quarterback contracts going out. If I were the owner of the Cowboys, I would have extended Dak Prescott probably after – year number three yeah you wrap them up in year number three yep you don't have to pay them too much and then you can also spend that money that you spend extending everybody else and the cowboys i mean they've been a weird team ever since free agency i don't know if this is more stephen jones controlling the reins now versus jerry jones controlling the reins but back in the day you know the cowboys used to be big spenders yeah i mean one of the biggest free agent splashes of all time was Deion sanders coming over from the 49ers to the cowboys that was a good move though brought a championship yeah very good move one of my <laughs> all-time favorite players the glory days man i remember being in the fifth grade wearing that damn jersey every day <laughs> but uh literally but yeah, a man. cornerback was the difference between those two teams Winning the championship. That's the craziest thing. <laughs> you know, I always regarded Deion Sanders as one of the last of the true shutdown corners, the other yeah. one being Darrell Revis. But henceforth, I mean, the Cowboys, you got to mm. use the franchise tag on someone. Will it be Dak Prescott? Are you going to turn this into another Kirk Cousins situation where he's going to get franchised year after year? Or will you sign Amari Cooper long term? Because some of the conversations that were coming out was now since the contract talks with Dak really haven't gotten anywhere after they offered him, what, $33 million a year, I believe it was one hundred five guaranteed. Now they're shifting towards locking up Amari Cooper long-term. Yeah. So, with that being said, I mean, if you franchise Dak Prescott now, what does he get? Like 27. So he gets $27 million, which he was a fourth-round draft pick, so he wasn't getting paid much, you know. And I think his first year, he's only making six hundred k. 
Yeah, I think through the total four years of the contract, the contract was like 2.7. I think he ended up bringing in around close to $5 million with incentives and stuff. But mm-hmm. in, in four years, he's made $5 million. He's made the Pro right. Bowl twice and made $5 million. And if you look at the stats where he is in, in his career now and where Tony Romo was, the stats are almost identical. And looking now, this is not me being a Cowboys homer, but Tony Romo will go into the Hall of Fame off statistics alone. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Yuck. He's going to go, look, you don't even need rings to be a Hall of Famer, man. You just go in off the statistics. He's going to get in off statistics alone. And Dak Prescott is pretty much on pace with where Tony Romo was in his fifth year where Dak Prescott is now. So I think he deserves the contract. I mean, he's balled out. The guy's balled out. Yes, there has been deficiencies in his game. But Dak Prescott is the type of quarterback, if you arm him with weapons, you have to play towards his strengths. Yep. Versus his weaknesses. I mean, the guy has a decent arm when he's allowed to throw the deep ball, utilize his legs, you know, utilize the check down. Dak Prescott can be a good player. I I remember vividly watching that draft day two when Dak Prescott got picked up because he was either going to be him or Connor Cook. (laughs) One of them sucking in the XFL right now and the other one's a former rookie of the year. Yeah, I made a good decision on that one. Definitely. So I honestly think, you know, and and I'm really intrigued on what will happen with Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy's system now. This also brings a point for Amari Cooper as well, because Mike McCarthy, you know, I think Amari Cooper, you kind of have to baby him a little bit. You got to be nice to him. You got to give him positive affirmations. You have to give whisper basically sweet nothings in his ear to get productivity out of him. I mean, look what happened in Oakland. Yeah. Between him and John Gruden, you know, John Gruden, old school, hard nosed coach, him and Amari, oil and water, did not see eye to eye. Now, from what we know about Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy's one of those guys, he throws his players under the bus, man. Yeah. He spares and, no one. Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest thing that I think about with the Cowboys. Like, I'm an Eagles fan. I don't even like the Cowboys, but I, when I look at their situation, I think they've been making all the wrong moves with their contract. The only good thing they did was lock up Demarcus Lawrence. After that, all their kind of contract moves have been funny. I was with you. I said that Dak Prescott should have been the first quarterback signed to an extension because you can't wait for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, all these quarterbacks to get their extensions and then let Jared Goff and Carson Wentz sign their their contracts. You're you always want to be first. That's what I like about the Eagles. The Eagles try to be first with their key players to sign them, and the contract looks amazing when you sign them. Then. But then when the market flattens out and these other players in their same draft class sign, it looks like you got a bargain for what you did. If you would have signed Dak Prescott, if he would have been the first quarterback signed like early last year to an extension, you probably would have Dak right now between 25 to $28 million. And that contract would look lovely after all these extensions, after Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. You would be in a great position. That's what they did with Derek Carr. Now, did that work? I don't know if it worked. But that's what you have to do on quarterbacks that show um, show talent. I, I I don't like signing Amari Cooper, man. That's the worst of the worst. Amari Cooper has been up and down since he's been in the NFL. They offered him a contract last year. They said that it was starting at like $16 million, and he turned it down. Uh, with Julio Jones, he wanted a contract like Julio Jones and uh, Michael Thomas. That's what he thought he was worth. I think this season – you saw what Amari Cooper is going to be. He's going to be hit or miss. He's going to be injury prone. He's not going to be dependable. You cannot lock him up to long-term money, especially at the numbers that even at the numbers that you offered him last year, I wouldn't offer him this year. I would personally, I think it's a no-brainer. It sucks for Dak Prescott, but you have the franchise tag. You got to use it. It's better than committing all that cap to him right now um, and signing him to what he probably really wants, the 35 to $38 million. I would just use the franchise tag. Take the $27 million hit that gives you more time to work out a long-term contract with them. Personally, I would sign Byron Jones because Dallas has this tendency to not look at defense and look at offense. But I think that if you sign Byron Jones to the 16, let Amari Cooper walk. There will be several receivers that you can get for a lot cheaper that can do the same thing that Amari Cooper does. Go get um Roddy, Robbie Anderson. I mean, what? Robbie Anderson cost you like 10 maybe? You know what I'm saying? Go get somebody like that to replace Amari Cooper. I just, I'm not with spending 16 to $18 million on a receiver that you can't depend on. And then, you know, there are plenty of wide receivers coming out in the draft, too. So, I mean, this yeah. is a long shot, but if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, 
look at, hey, want to make some splashes? Jerry loves the media attention. Trade it to the first round and pick up Jerry Judy. Yeah. Honestly. I think you can get C.D. Lamb later in the draft, and yeah. he's probably just as talented as Jerry Judy. If you can get C.D. Lamb in the late first round, I think that'll be gold. I, I mean, I trust him more than I trust Amari Cooper. I'm just, I would not commit that type of money that Amari Cooper wants to him. Um, he would have to walk. <laughs> he would have to walk, hit the market, and let somebody like the Cincinnati Bengals sign him to $18 million. And that pains I would, I would me to say him. that, man. I've got, a, I've got an Amari Cooper jersey hanging up in my closet right now, and I will be pissed to let a hundred dollars go down the drain, but I mean, I just really, I, I mean, it's just after, especially after the New England Patriots game, yeah. I, I wanted to believe, like, all right, something's going on, man. Maybe he's hurt, but it's just he gave up. Same thing and you then saw in the Philly game. He gave up. Yeah, like you said, if he, if you don't like tell him that he's the best and pat him on his head and tell him he's the greatest. This is the Mark Cooper that you get when they started spreading that ball around. And Dak, I thought Dak did, did well this season because he spread the ball around a lot when he wasn't totally focusing on Amari Cooper. He starts to like pout. You start seeing these nagging injuries. You don't know from game to game if he's going to be there. That's the Amari Cooper that you saw in Oakland. Of course he can have big games. Of course it can be a game changer, but you can't depend on him can't play a player that you can't depend on and that's why i get mad at dallas cowboys fans because you see more people like talking about dak and blaming him than you do the team around him you know what i mean that's why i think dak actually deserves the money because if you like you said his stats are comparable to tony romo but if you look at it his stats are probably better than like russell wilson ben um big ben carson wentz his his stats are a lot better than a lot of these young quarterbacks that got paid and he's getting better every year. Last year was his best season. He threw for 4,900 yards. That was better than quarterbacks. I'm seeing that Dallas fans are saying, hey, they want Tom Brady. Dak Prescott was better than Tom Brady last year. And, and the years before that, that where, he, where he didn't throw for a lot of yards, he still threw for like over 3,000 yards. Look at his weapons. He was out there with, um, what, uh, uh, old Dez Bryant, uh, old Jason Witten. Uh, Tavon Austin, Allen Hearns, he didn't have any weapons when he was out there. The second year he lost um, Zeke, of course he's going to struggle because not only did he lose Zeke, he didn't have any real weapons. So I think Dak Prescott gets a bad rap. I think you got to look at everything around him, but he shows that he's getting better. So B. Reed, man, I really liked a good point that you made about Dak and his weapons. But earlier you mentioned the Cowboys really didn't focus defensively on the defensive side of the ball there. So one thing to your point, I will say that they whiffed on a lot of corners just because they've had different project players like a more, a Morris Claiborne, like a, who's the other guy? He went to a Terrence Williams, like Roy Williams. They, they play these corners for a certain amount of time. But then they just instantly give up on them. That's one thing that is a pet peeve of mine being a Cowboys fan, because I've always felt like, if they ever want to turn the corner and get to another Super Bowl, they should focus on building defense and defense alone because that's how you do it. Defense wins championships. What are some key things that you think that they will address in the upcoming draft and during free agency? Well, I think they're almost set, man. They're almost there. That's why I don't I don't understand why they would uh, go away from Byron Jones because they have a defensive line. Demarcus Lawrence is a monster on the pass rush. They they got a great deal with finding Jalen Smith and waiting on him. Um, I can't remember your other linebacker. The Leighton Vendorish. Uh, yeah, I mean, y'all elite at the linebacker. Um, you just need to make sure you got some good corners. You got some good man-to-man corners. So to have a safety like Byron Jones that can play – safety cornerback slot you can move him in so many different places and use him as a weapon i think he's the key person to keep on your defense because your defense is right there you know what i mean but you need a like you said you need a good coordinator that knows how to utilize that talent you don't want to let a talent like byron jones leave that's why i think he's far more important than amari cooper and that's why i said i would franchise tag that nothing against that it's just a it's the smart move to make right now at 27 million you can't beat that now, next year you get into you because how the franchise tag work. If you franchise tag them, the next year you have to play them 20% more of his salary. So you would go to about 32. So you would even have some leeway to franchise tag them again. But then you'll be getting into dangerous territory because if Patrick Mahone signs his contract, 
the market is gonna go sky high. This is gonna sign for like forty five million per year, and if that, you definitely need to sign Dak before that. But it'll give you a year to work on an extension. It'll give you some salary cap space so you can look at other parts of the team that you want to work on before you sign Dak. So I mean, I, everything that I'm looking at is signing. And then I saw another thing that was saying, you know, Xavier Rhodes was just released. He may be an option. Problem is, Xavier Rhodes still thinks he's elite, and I don't know if he is. You know what I mean? So I think if they would have went all in on an Earl Thomas, because I always said the Cowboys, all they need is one veteran player back there in that secondary with all of the young talent that they have. With Xavier Woods, uh, Awuzie, Jeff Heath, I think if you would have put like an Earl Thomas – on the other side of Jeff yeah. Heath, someone who can command that defense, I think that they would have really had the leadership that they had or that they needed. So I think, you know, if they – because they're – like last year during free agency, there were a ton of folks in the yeah. secondary. You had Kenny Vaccaro available. You know, you had an Earl Thomas mm. available. I know that they're not the best options. They're not what's sexy on paper. But I think Earl. if you had the veteran leadership back there, that would have made a difference. Yeah, you do need a – I think for years I used to take for granted um, as an Eagles fan how important safeties are, you know what I mean? For a long time we had Weapon X, Brian Dawkins. Um, so you don't really think about it until you get some bad safeties. You get a Nate Allen back there, and then you'll start appreciating the safety position. So I think that's really what you guys need. You needed a safety like Earl Thomas that can cover a lot of ground, that can make up for some mistakes, that can lay some hard hits when, you know, one of those cornerbacks get beaten man-to-man coverage. They know that they're going to get punished. Um, A Tyron Matthew would have been great for you guys, somebody like that back in the secondary to play safety. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. But, I mean, I think you got some good young safeties, just need a veteran presence. Maybe a Rashad Jones from the Titans. He just got let go also. Yeah, I think that'd be a good look, man. I mean, Dolphins. I'm sorry. He was for the Dolphins. Well, some of the scuttlebutt around Cowboys fans, they're wondering, okay, if Dak Prescott does not get signed, if you have to franchise him, do you bring Tom Brady in? Now, I am going to be a realist in a situation. No, I cannot in good conscience say you mortgage your entire future on Tom Brady on the decline. I mean, I think that Tom Brady should just hang it up entirely. I know that. I don't believe that. (laughs) I do, because I'm just going to say this. As a guy who grew up watching Dan Marino, watching Troy Aikman, you want to retire from football before football retires you. Seeing Dan Marino in his latter years was sad to see, man. The man went from throwing bullets to throwing ducks. But Tom Brady, I think, yeah, he still has gas in the tank. But, I mean, we're... The whole Tom Brady sweepstakes thing, like, look, you're probably going to have a way different opinion than me, but I'm just not sold on it. I really don't even care at this point. Nah, yeah, that's why I think any, like, any Dallas fan saying, I want Tom Brady over Dak, it's just ridiculous. They're smoking crack. (laughs) Yeah, Dak is on the incline. Dak almost threw for 5,000 yards. He has a great touchdown interception ratio. He can get it done, like, solo. I mean, but when you start looking at Tom Brady, Tom Brady has been declining the last two or three years. And he kind of, I mean, he, he's good with not a lot of weapons. So I would like to see Tom Brady go to a team that has weapons that he doesn't have to do much. Some Similar to how Peyton Manning went to the Broncos and they had weapons and they had a defense to set him up to win another title. And I think Tom Brady has enough in the tank that he could be better than Peyton Manning was because he's not coming off of all those injuries. So I definitely don't think he should retire. I think he can give you two or well, three I more Well, I just years. think it's an ego thing because Brady is out to prove that he can do it without Bill Belichick because that the age-old question is going to be answered. Was it Tom Brady as a quarterback or was it Bill Belichick's system? That's yeah. what we all want to know. Is, I mean, I'm intrigued to yeah. find it out, but th- another part of me says – what does Tom Brady have left to prove? I mean, the man has six Super Bowls. What what do you give the man who has everything? So my my thing about it is, is this is why I don't think any quarterback should ever take a discount, man. And I think he's looking for a payday. He took all those discounts. It's kind of like the Dwayne Wade situation in basketball. You take all that all those discounts from the team and you think that the team is gonna repay you in the end. But then what happens, they start looking at you and being like, well, you're 43 years old. We're not going to pay you that amount of money. In the last, like, five years, 
Tom Brady only got over $15 million one year, and that's last year when he complained about it, and they gave him $20 million, and it ended up being $23 million, but they pretty much gave him a $20 million guaranteed um, to come back. In that, he had signed a two-year $30 million contract. He was only due to make $15 million. In 2018, he made 15. 2017, he made 15. He's been making 15 million dollars like most of his career, and probably less than that before. And you see all these quarterbacks that haven't achieved as much as he has, that is not as good as he is, making far more money. I think this is a money grab for Tom Brady. Tom Brady realizes with the new rules of the NFL, he can play for another five years and be better than probably 60% of the quarterbacks and get paid. I would love to see Tom Brady go to a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and with the weapons that they have around them. And, and I think that he could make some noise in the NFC South because there's the NFC South is so volatile, even with Drew Brees being on his last leg. If you throw in that system with a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin and the receivers that they have, that could protect you. They just need a running back. <laughs> really? And I would love to see him there. I would love to see him with the Broncos. There's a bunch of teams that I think Tom Brady could go in and instantly make them a, cont a contender because the only thing they're missing is a quarterback. And they really don't even need the quarterback to be great. I mean, shit, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. Just don't do that. I mean, pretty you know much. I mean? Tampa Bay could be good. <laughs> pretty much. So, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, these next couple of weeks. It's almost NFL free agency almost has that same feel of an NBA free agency. Not quite, yeah, not quite, not quite not as quite. extreme, but it's getting to that point, you know, especially with Tom Brady, you know, hitting the open market. I mean, I never thought in a million years that we would see Tom Brady leave the New England Patriots. Now, do you think, in your opinion, that Mr. Kraft steps in? and says, hey, Bill, I want a deal done on the table with Tom Brady. Do you think he gives Bill an ultimatum? Because Bill is the head coach and the general manager, and Bill doesn't really take shit yeah. from anyone. I mean, I just, I can't see. I, like I said, I think Tom Brady's looking for a money grab, and I just don't see the Patriots coming in and offering Tom Brady 30-plus million. I really believe that's what he's looking for. I think he's looking for a severance package, uh, 401k or whatever, uh, just a money grab. And I don't see the Patriots coming in and matching what he can get on the open market. At the point, I guess you have until Monday to see. Because if they don't get a contract done by Monday, he hits the open market. And there's no way that the, the Patriots are going to match what teams, like I just said, you got, you got the Buccaneers, you got the Titans, you even got like the Raiders, you have... The Dolphins, you have teams with a bunch of money that have been bad for a long time, and all they really do need to do is get Tom Brady in there, and you're going to sell tickets. At the end of the day, at least you sell tickets by getting Tom Brady. There's so many teams with a lot of salary cap that I believe it's going to pay Tom Brady just to come in there, and even if it's a failure, you're going to put, you're going to bring hope to that team because you bring in the great Tom Brady. Whether it works or not, who knows? But I can get people, I can get season ticket holders to buy tickets if I bring Tom Brady in. And there's going to be a bidding war for him. I don't believe that the Patriots are going to get involved in that. The, but the flip side of that is, I don't trust, I don't know how much he trusts a Jared Stidham, a Brian Hoyer. Like, do they have that much trust in those quarterbacks? Or are the Patriots going to go offer a Andy Dalton money? Like, what do the Patriots do? We're not even looking at it from the Patriots side. What happens if they lose And at Tom some Brady? point, you know, there were some rumors circulating late last week that the San Francisco 49ers may tire of Jimmy G, bring Tom Brady in and send Jimmy G in a sign and trade to the, back to the Patriots. But... I mean, that that that's a that'd be a crazy team because if you're talking about a game manager, Tom Brady would be an ultimate game manager with the amount of talent that they have. And that would be a great situation for Tom Brady because with that that running game, he would it would be like his younger days where he wouldn't have to throw. You have a defense to protect you and you have a great running game. That'll be like when Peyton Manning went to the um went to the Broncos. They were runner ups. This year in the Super Bowl, you get Tom Brady. I don't see no way that the San Francisco 49ers don't win the championship. I mean, because they, they don't have a quarterback that makes mistakes. One thing you know Tom Brady can do is one drive. He has that one drive in him at the end of the game. That's something that Jimmy G did not have in him. So Tom Brady's just one of several notable free agents, especially at the quarterback position. So you have uh, Dak Prescott, who we talked a little bit about earlier. You've got Phillip Rivers. Yep. you got Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill. Teddy Bridgewater among 
some of the more high-profile quarterbacks that you could see hit the open market. Also, don't sleep on Andy Dalton, hey, man. I, I wouldn't. And then <laughs> is, isn't Marcus Mariota up for free agency too? So you never know. Yep. He could see your career resurgence as well. And then there are a few other skill position players who are up. So running back Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, of course, we talked about him, Austin Hooper, Jadavion Clowney, Byron Jones, who we talked about, and Anthony Harris. So there could be a lot of folks on the move, a lot of key pieces on the move. So there were a few free agent signings before the deadline. So Greg Olson going to the Seattle Seahawks on a one-year $7 million deal. Josh Norman going to the Buffalo Bills on a one-year $6 million deal. But then there have also been some notable cuts as well. Uh, just a touch point on the Josh Norman. That's a notable move because he's going back to the the um, what not no no that was Sean McDermott. Well, he used Sean to be a, not there well, anymore. I know. I think the coordinator for the Panthers, the Carolina yeah, Panthers. I thought that's, that's who he worked with. So I believe I think he, it may be Sean McDermott. McDermott. We'll have to fact check that, but. I think he may be yeah, I believe he's going back to the system where he was most successful in that cover three system. Um, he's going back to that. I know he's washed. I'm just saying maybe you get back with some old coaches. They help. Man, you, you know what? I've actually got a funny Josh Norman story. I saw him hawking autographs at the airport during Super Bowl week uh, a few years ago. I had to be at a work conference in Atlanta. <laughs> and lo and behold, Josh Norman's out charging people thirty five dollars for an autograph. Classy guy. Love him. Wow. Love it. Wow. <laughs> Do you pay oh, for of one? Of course not. I'm a Cowboys fan. He plays for the Redskins. I'm like, I don't want that garbage autograph. I don't know, man. I thought maybe, you know, you got an extra 35 on oh, You man. might go ahead and get a, a, a Pat Norman signature. Uh, I think I'm good on that. But uh, it's very interesting, you know, with uh, free agency and breaking news, Kirk Cousins is already discussing a contract extension ahead of a free agency. So why the Minnesota Vikings would do that? No idea. Trash. Sean McDermott is the head coach of the uh, the Buffalo Bills. He was the coordinator of the Carolina Panthers when Josh um, Josh Dorman was good. Exactly. Uh, Don Terry Poe is entering free agency, so that's a good pickup for someone out there. Yeah, I def I definitely think there's a lot of game changing free agents. Um, a lot of these teams released a lot of good players because of cap. We call them cap casualties in the NFL. Um, Linvale Joseph and Xavier Rose. We spoke about Xavier Rose earlier. I mean, I don't think he's worth what he was getting paid for the Vikings, but that's somebody that I'm keeping an eye on because I know that the Eagles were looking at him at the trade deadline, but didn't want to get a compensation. So I think that's a player that the Eagles may go after that can change their secondary issues. There's a, there's a lot of corners, it seems like, on the market. Now, you got teams like the Jets <laughs> releasing Tremaine Johnson, who they spent a boatload on, what, like last offseason? Uh, or was it the offseason before that? Um, but he was just terrible coming from the Rams, and they committed all that money into him. So I definitely think there's going to be um, some game-changing moves on the defensive end. This is one of the few times that you have so many defensive players on the market that they can help teams. It's usually the offensive players that get get a lot of the publicity, but I think there's a ton of defensive tackles, defensive ends, cornerbacks out there on the market that can change some of these teams. So very interesting times that we were in uh, with NFL free agency, but also very interesting times we're just in in general with the world with the COVID-19 a virus, also known as coronavirus, going around. It's affected many different sporting events this week. We've seen the NCAA tournament canceled. We've seen the XFL put its season on hold. The NBA put its season on hold. The NHL, MLB, soccer, you name it. Any event that's going to incur a mass gathering of people is on hold right now. There are talk of how this has already affected free agency where some of the deadlines were pushed back just due to the coronavirus. But also, there are also talks of this affecting the NFL draft, which is scheduled to be held in Las Vegas later in April. Now, everything's under a quarantine for about 30 days, so we may have an NFL draft yeah. with no people in it. That's This is crazy. I think for the first time in my lifetime, I'm only 35 years old, so I've never seen anything like this, ever. Yeah, me either. Yeah, and there, there's even discussions that the league year will not start on time. Like, they're saying that the league year, like I said earlier, um, it's due to start on Wednesday. But they're still discussing if they'll push it back. Because, I mean, you have the, the little um, legal 
free agency period where you can tamper with players, but everything's kind of shut down. You can't go into these facilities. You can't meet with these coaches. They can't work you out. Trainers can't, you know, the physicals. I don't know how that all that's going to work. Now, a lot of times these players sign during the, the moratorium period, and then they don't have to worry about this until Wednesday. They can always agree to these contracts and extend that period of time. But if we're on a 30-day quarantine, these players are still going to have to visit these facilities. They're still going to have to go through physicals. So this is going to affect the league a lot. And, and you're talking about the draft. The draft is 30 days away, like what, around 30 days away? How are these players, you can't even go visit their pro days now. You have to do video conferences. You can't work a player out individually. It's, it's just so many things that's going to impact this draft and free agency because of this virus. I don't know if the draft happens on time, but I don't know if they can move it. Because those dates are kind of set with like things like the draft. And the crazy part about it, you know, not only is it affecting the professional level, but also, as you mentioned, college. So, you know, recruiting trips yeah. suspended. I mean, you can't even, yeah. you know, you can't, <laughs> no pro days, nothing. So, I mean, the world from not only the world in itself, but the world of sports is at a total standstill. Uh, one of the sports that I really enjoyed watching this past spring was the XFL. So, I know that... uh Yep. You know, the he XFL also- had a little bit of a run back in 2001. Didn't go so well because they tried to make it more pro wrestling than football. But I really felt that they got it right this time. The XFL suspending its season indefinitely. One player has tested positive for the coronavirus. An unnamed player for the Seattle Dragons has tested positive. So, you know, that's a big uh, point of concern there. But the cool thing that they did, they did agree to pay him off on the pay everybody out on the season plus benefits. So there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel that the XFL will possibly be coming back. Yeah, but that would be for year two. This year is done. They've already opened it up and said that players can sign with uh, NFL teams. I think it hurts players like uh, Pat P.J. Walker uh, for Houston because he was having a great season. Just five games in, I don't know if that's going to be enough for an NFL team to take a chance on him. I, there wasn't a lot of players like I like you. I enjoyed watching the XFL also, but I didn't see a lot of players that I thought could transition to the NFL. Uh, a guy like uh, I think his name was Phillips. What was his name? Chris Sims. He was on Houston's team, the receiver. He was the leading receiver in NFL. Uh, I think it was Cam Phillips. Um, he would be a guy that I mean, you don't need to see a ton from receivers. He has all the skills, so I think he could get a chance. But the fact that the XFL ended early. I'm wondering if that's that's kind of it for them. I enjoyed watching it. The ratings were kind of going down beforehand. They had just started to stabilize. But them having to shut the season down in week five gives me concerns because they didn't give a chance to prove themselves the rest of the season. This was They were just starting to stabilize ratings. We don't know if they were going to dip or if they were going to go back up. I don't know if they have enough to really come back next season that would be my concern you know as a football fan in general i kind of hope so just because you think about all the players who do not make it to the nfl you know a lot of players are unfortunately either cut or they don't get drafted at all it gives them a place of somewhere to go in fact one of the things that i would have liked to see you know i would like to not only see the nfl or the x pardon me the xfl come back but I'd also like to see them be on a continued expansion plan where you get like two teams per year. I I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, we have a professional sports team here, the Carolina Hurricanes, but it would be nice to see an XFL team in Carter Finley stadium. I was a Memphis maniacs fan back in the day, you know, Memphis being close to my hometown. It'd be cool to see that, you know, with some of the regions who don't really have a big time NFL market. So I think that, You know, I hope that they can get it back together. I hope that not only everyone can bounce back from this virus out here, but I really hope that things start to get back on track uh, from a sports perspective and that the XFL can make a triumphant comeback. I like the AAF. I was a really big fan of it. Well, you know, it was garbage, you know, but still it was (laughs) something to watch. Okay. (laughs) It was something to watch. Yeah, we're diehard diehard sports fans, but I actually thought that the XFL was good quality. Um, Now, of course, I mean, you're getting, because of the the salaries, they're paying like two to $400,000 for the quarterbacks. 
that's the problem that you always run into is that you're not going to get a high level of quarterback. So most people that are tuning in is like, ah, this is trash. It's trash because of quarterback play, but, but it's not a gimmick. It's not like it was back in 2001. You're not seeing a big gimmick from them. They were playing quality football. The games were competitive. A lot of the rules I think that the NFL should incorporate because it made the game go faster, made it flow better. It, it was a good product. It's just you didn't have a lot of great quarterbacks. And I think just pe- people watching it, I think that, I mean, not even just the general fans, I think players watching it, I think they could have gotten a lot more players to enter it in. Kind of like the big three. You start the big three, you got a bunch of bums. Year two, you get more names. You know, the more names that you get in there and the fact that they could have even been recruiting, you know, some college players that can come out early. The virus kind of affects all that. You know what I mean? Because they shut down their season this year. People aren't traveling. Are you going to be able to get those players and convince some of these players to come into the league? It's just interesting to see how it goes. But like you, I am hoping that they have a year two. I enjoyed it. I mean, this is a perfect time to have football. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> so nothing else on, huh? Yeah, I mean, what else are you doing on Saturday and Sunday? Everyone acts like they're so busy. But I guarantee you a lot of people that said they weren't watching it, they caught a couple games because what else are you doing? There's no college football. There's no pro football. And people aren't usually diehard college basketball fans where you're taking out your Saturday until and March. Watching, you know what I mean? Well, this weekend I would have yeah, been all about college basketball. <laughs> but, you know, the, the coronavirus is like the undertaker at WrestleMania, man. It's undefeated out here right now. Who's uh, going to be Brock Lesnar and break the streak? When will this madness end? Hopefully a lot sooner Speaking than Speaking of the WWE, what do you think of your boy Gronk signing a contract with the WWE? He'll be he be on Raw on Monday. I know right, you're a big so wrestling fan. You are right. I am a huge professional <laughs> wrestling fan. However, so Gronkowski retired from the NFL making millions of dollars citing head injuries, but you want yeah. to go wrestle where you'll incur head injuries. I don't get it, man. One... Numerous other injuries yeah. also. <laughs> well, I, I just think, man, honestly, I like Rob Gronkowski. I think I'm, now I'm no New England Patriots fan by any means. I do not like them, but I think Rob Gronkowski was the bright spot because you, you have to like Gronk. I mean, he's an all-around yeah. good dude. It seems like a dude you go kick it with. You know, if you go on Dixon Street and start, he'll be entered, you know, chugging beers, kicking a few back, you know, doing what you do. He seems like a guy I want to hang out with, but. I mean, I fighting yeah, in the parking lot, probably <laughs> snorting cocaine off strippers' butt cheeks, whatever. <laughs> but man, I mean, it's just with Rob Gronkowski. It's like, why at this point? You know, you had a press conference where you had tears in your eyes, man, talking about the concussions you got, how you hadn't slept, and now you want to go wrestle. I mean, that's cool if you do it as a one-off, but I just, I just don't see it, man. You know, stick to being a commentator on Fox Sports, get your money, get paid. I mean, let the wrestlers mm. wrestle, man. He's not great at well, that. He's really not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it's, it's very interesting because people, you know, always say like wrestling fake and this, that, and the other. But what you don't see, like when they're hitting the mat and they're getting thrown around and hit over their head, that's real. Like you have the the ratio of of like wrestlers dying after after their career is like way higher than the NFL. And we think that the NFL is this brutal sports, but if you look at the numbers of the people that die early. From the WWE or the WWF or professional ra- wrestling, that those numbers are way well, higher. Tell you than what, NFL. man, uh, I know a few friends of mine are wrestling promoters, and those ring- and I know a couple of wrestlers. It's a hard life, man, and those rings are not a trampoline. It's basically plywood no. over <laughs> a thin layer of foam with canvas on top, and then those rings are just straight up ropes, not really cables like they used to be. So. That can beat up your body really bad. I think Gronk, you know, if you are thinking of your quality of life, you know, if you want to wrestle one, two matches, that's cool. If you want to get that payday and be at an attraction like a WrestleMania, I mean, you won't be doing it this year because it's probably not going to happen due to the coronavirus. But I just think, you know, one or two. okay, cool. But it's just that's a hard life, man. And do you really want to walk away from football just to go to WWE to do that when you have a cush job at Fox that you're never going to lose because you're Rob Gronkowski and the guy has been very smart with his money. You know, he never spent a dollar that he made in the NFL. He lives straight off the endorsement money and he has like over 50 million saves. So. I mean, if that's something you want to do, like a high school teammate of mine became a wrestler for a little bit. D'Angelo Williams used to be former K 
Carolina oh, Panthers okay. running back, Pittsburgh Steelers running back. He wrestled a match or two in TNA because he really liked it. He really wanted to do it. That's what you do, Gronk. You just wrestle one to two matches, and then you hang it up. Do you know anything about the contract that he signed? I didn't look deeply into it. I just saw that he was signing one on Raw, but I didn't know if this was going to be just for a couple of appearances. I have no idea. I watched WWE SmackDown for a quick second last night. It was at the WWE Performance Center with no people in the crowd. It got weird real quick, so I turned it off, (laughs) and I watched The Wire. (laughs) uh, Good quality entertainment. Coronavirus. (laughs) Hey, you might have us down, but we're not out. We still have those old reliables like The Wire and et cetera, et cetera. But hey. Uh, I just saw a, a meme that said the corona di- the coronavirus was shot dead in West oh Baltimore. Oh my goodness! But hey, we're not making light of that at all. You know, just everybody stay safe out there. You know, we got to do the what do they call it? The social whatever. Just you got to social exactly. distancing. See, big facts coming with the big facts in the clutch. Social distancing. <laughs> it's only for a short time. I'm sure that. Uh, this thing will get over, get better with time. Uh, I did see Hunter Urechek, uh, Arkansas AD, kind of blasting the NCAA for canceling everything. And yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, this it, it doesn't seem like that's a favorable side to take at this point in time, especially when I think Arkansas just got like three confirmed cases. So I don't I don't know if that's the side that you want to be on. Um, at this point in time as an AD. I mean, yeah, you can make money. You can always make that money back. Colleges and, you know, the NCAA is not hurting for money. I mean, a year off is going to hurt the players and recruits and stuff like that way more than it's going to hurt the colleges. So shut up. Well, man, I guess that about does it, man, for the inaugural episode of Fumble Ruski. So uh, before we go. A football podcast. Fumble Ruski, a football (laughs) podcast. Definitely, you know, we look forward to – just doing this every week, every other week, and bringing some good quality content. But before we go, be sure to check out the Two Smart Network. So that is, I'll, I'll let you go into the Two Smart Network, man. I know you're one of the co-founders of it. Go ahead, just kind of give the folks a rundown of the Two Smart Network and what to check out and what they can expect. Yeah, man, uh, Two Smart Network. What we want to do in 2020, we just want to basically flood you with content we want it to be a site that you can go through go to kind of like a tv station man and find different things that you want so we're trying to give you a variety of different content that you can go through there and find um we have a right now we have the two smart dummies podcast which focuses on the nba pod in the nba uh, we have this podcast uh, that's going to focus on everything football, from college football to the NFL. We have the Sexy Suburban Dead podcast. It's going to be an entertainment podcast. It's going to touch on a, um, a lot of hosted by KP himself. Uh, we have the When the Smoke Clears podcast. It is um, leans heavy political, but we do do a lot of different social issues and just pop culture in general. Um, and we have a couple other podcasts that we're working on. We just want to be a variety podcast station where you can click on the website, www.2smartnetwork. That's the number two smart network. And you can, you know, check out all all the podcasts or just check out what you're interested in. We just want to um, diversify what we're what we're entertaining you with. So once again, folks, check out the two smart network. Follow the page on Instagram at two smart network. Also, look it up on Facebook, two smart network. Like, comment, and subscribe, and be sure to listen to all the quality content that is coming out of the Two Smart Network. Everybody works hard on it. We work hard. We grind hard to give you guys good stuff to listen to. So please show some support and check it out. But yeah, that looks like it's going to do it for Fumble Rooskies, a football podcast. Man, I've had a lot of fun tonight. I look forward to doing this with you, man. Be safe, be well, and we will see you next time. Yeah, 